0: Hey, everybody. Just a quick note about this episode. The audio quality kind of sucks. We were recording remotely and it didn't quite work. Also, acronym and shadow may have been involved in doing the mixing. So uh, apologies for that. Hope you'll still find it uh, entertaining. And here we go.
1: Welcome, everybody. It's Draft Politics, episode 36. Another deep breath kind of week. And as always, I'm EJ, and with me... Hey, it's Steve, everybody. Yeah, we're
0: doing this uh, remotely today. I had to travel for work, and uh, there was a lot going on this week, so we didn't want to miss it, but uh, we're going to catch up here real quick. Uh, Before we get too far into this, we want to kind of give you a little summary of what's been going on the last week or so uh, since there's a lot uh so we're calling this our our draft politics flight like a flight of beer so you get a little little sample of both the stout and the and the the porter and the the ipa and i don't know
1: we'll see how it goes but (laughs) all of those things it's too bad you can't like bookmark these so when you want to hear more about this topic just jump to to minute 106 to hear more about the Iowa caucuses so yeah let's let's just run it down so much activity in the last week um it's kind of hard to wrap your brain around everything (sighs) but I guess we'll give it a shot so
0: yeah yeah so uh obviously the Iowa caucus is the biggest news uh apparently uh 86 percent reporting as of this point with uh Buttigieg narrowly leading over Sanders uh, the big news here, though, is that Biden uh, is not doing very well. Uh, you'll note that we're talking about this a couple days after, and it's still only 86 percent because uh, there's been all kinds of
1: scripts that we'll get into. I mean, yeah, crazy talk. Some good stuff to talk about. The other thing that uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, uh, Danny, Danny True, that, that that Trump guy, I guess he was acquitted today. Some the guy with the hair, right? Right. The guy with the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what? What's happened with him this week? Yeah. Not much. Just, just got acquitted and State of the Union. So, okay. Trump not being removed from the office, off from office. No surprise there. Uh, State of the Union also not much of a surprise. Well, I mean, some surprises. It was a made-for-TV moment. And uh, Pelosi kind of really that, uh, make you want to vomit, really. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, a little of both. I mean, uh, Pelosi had a, a really nice, a nice pointed statement when she tore up the president's speech as soon as he was done with it. So that was nice. That was nice. And in the in the sort of policy realm, we had a proposal to establish block grants for Medicaid. I mean this is a a thing we'll go into it later but it's it's suffice to say block grants have been the you know the conservative talking point about medicaid for and medicare for a decade more um so it must be good for everybody
0: oh yeah For sure. Uh, Yeah, and talking about uh, Medicaid, it gets us into medications, medicine, health. Coronavirus still uh, going crazy. Uh, 25,000 reported infections with approximately 500 deaths. Uh, Looks like about 2% death rate at this point. So it seems like it's down slightly uh, compared to what we were seeing earlier. And there's been 12 confirmed cases in the U.S., including one in Wisconsin.
1: So that's interesting. Eek. Uh, Also in the EEC, Brexit, it's happening. It's happening. The flag was removed from the EU Parliament. Of course, nobody knows what the details are. Not too surprising, but they're supposed to know by the end of the year. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was something that happened uh, previous, it should have been in, covered in a previous episode, but we had so much else going on we didn't get to it. Uh, and finally, it uh, looks like uh, in some more local news, uh, Mike Madigan's office got visited by the Illinois State Police. Keep following along to find out if Mike Madigan's in trouble or not.
1: Spoiler alert. I think he is. Anyway, so that's the rundown. I mean, that was the, the quick whew, you're going to hear about all these things today. We've We've managed to get through a lot in only what six days? Six days since we last Indeed. since we last met. So, but let's let's talk about I, let's talk about the caucuses. I mean, I, I, we're going to get to the impeachment and the the trial and, and whatever. This week has been a bigger circus than normal. So let's talk about the circus. Election Circus Twenty Twenty. And the center ring of this week's circus was the Iowa caucus. Uh, I mean, caucus.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. No. This is this has been insane. So, uh, if you're a political junkie like myself or EJ, you were like hanging on, waiting to see when the results are going to come out. And you're like, all right, it's, you know, seven o'clock, seven thirty, get a little late. What's going on? Oh, apparently yeah. there's uh, some kind of quality control going on okay and hmm. then results were getting pulled from various sites and it, it got it, it was kind of a disaster
1: to be honest it was it was a real disaster and here's the thing I thought how cool would it be for us to drive to Iowa to Davenport find a brewery and podcast the results as they came in I'm so glad we didn't do that that would have been such a disaster we for could us have personally we could we could have decided to do that Monday night,
0: <laughs> driven to Iowa, had several beers, stayed overnight, had more beers, <laughs> and still would have had all the results. So <laughs> Yeah.
1: So I was It wouldn't getting, have been a was, bad plan. <laughs> I know. It's funny, I was, so I was getting texts and seeing some Facebook messages or posts from people who I knew who were in in precinct sites. And I guess the confusion was palpable as people were trying to get through, use this app. Um, uh, And to me, it was kind of perfectly summed up when Wolf Blitzer was talking to somebody, uh, a precinct leader there, and the person was on hold with technical support and had been on hold for an hour. And on the other phone, he's talking to Wolf Blitzer, talking about how stupid this is. And then tech support picks up and the guy's like, because he's you know, he's from the Midwest, he's super polite. He's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Blitzer, I gotta let you go, I've gotta talk to this guy and while he's saying that the tech support person hangs up on him. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, i like, I was listening to uh, uh, majority port was doing a live stream of all of this. And like, they had people calling in who had gone to various, uh, you know, various high school gyms in various cornfields in Iowa. And uh, they were reporting back what they had seen at each one. And they're talking about the delegate count. So like, I was getting more useful delegate count information from like, third parties calling into a talk show than I was from the actual caucus uh reports so we know at this point what has largely happened we still don't know all the details uh but basically this all comes down to one very broken app that they were using to report the results uh and apparently this was i was so what struck me about this as somebody who is in technology uh that they paid yeah. sixty thousand dollars for this app <laughs> and i'm like there is no way you're getting a high quality like production ready app
1: for $60,000. No. No, no, no. Especially because it'd be sort of greenfield, you know, development. It's not like this company and we're going to talk about the company. Like it's not like they have this as a framework and they needed to tweak it a little bit, you know, for Iowa. This is like we're right. going to, you know, somebody sits down, cracks his knuckles, hello world, and starts building this thing. $60,000 is nothing. It's that should be how much you spend on on testing alone. Right. Just uh, it, yeah. it's it's insanity.
0: Well, and also I just love the thought that somebody looked at like the demographics of poll workers and thought these people need an app. Because, like, I you know, I've 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 gone and you know worked at polling sites during elections. It is predominantly retirees. It's people who are like you know doing volunteer service and all that. And so it's like there's not a lot of like real deep technical knowledge, and certainly giving people complex instructions on how to install some
1: app uh, is not going to work out very well. No, 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 no. And the company that built it is. <sighs> I just love the name of this company, Shadow Inc. Right. Uh, which and it's was, a subsidiary uh, of Acronym. Yeah. And so All Shadow case Acronym. Yeah. Uh, Shadow was started by uh, some folks who worked in digital and data on Hillary Clinton's campaign. So kind of long, long time people. And, of course, that's turning into some conspiracy theories about this whole thing. But, you know, that aside, um, you know, they're really charged with, you know, trying to get the Democratic Party writ large more digital. And, you know, what happened is somebody, you know, somebody was like, hey, I don't know, we should do this on an app. And somebody's like, if you talk to those folks at you know, shadow. And then they asked him, like, hey, do you want to do this? And Chad was like, sure, we can do that. How much is it going to cost? I don't know, $60,000? It was probably, like, they didn't want to do it. And they thought, well, there's no way Iowa Democrats can afford $60,000. And Maybe then they, they got suckered like, into doing it. How much can you afford? Oh, yeah, we can totally do it for that. <laughs> yeah. And, of, of um, course, they they were also supposed to do it for the uh for Nevada, but Nevada has since said, actually, you know what, we're not going to, we're we're not going to do that. So not even yeah. Nevada will gamble on this app.
0: <laughs> Indeed. No, no, Nevada likes to, likes to know the odds. That's how they do. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, and it's, I, I want to call out the whole conspiracy theory stuff we've seen around this because of that company having connections to, you know, some of the people in Clinton's team. Also, uh, Buttigieg uh, had paid uh, Shadow for some indeterminate work. There's been some people suggesting, oh, this is being rigged in some fashion, and uh, that's that's crap. <laughs> there's, there's nothing to suggest that. Um, I think that, I mean, ultimately what you're going to see is anybody who's been in a major campaign working for clinton working for obama they go on to do other things in the same sphere so there's no reason to think that there's any conspiracy there in and de- and almost certainly there's you know people who are working those connections you know within the party to get that business yeah you know and that's just how it works i don't think there's anything questionable about it except for the fact that obviously these people had no idea what the hell they were doing
1: yeah and i mean it was so bad that there's no way it could have been intentional. There's yeah. no you couldn't have you could not have you could not have messed it up that badly. But let's let's talk about the results. I mean, people are going to be yeah, talking about Yeah, cuz we've gotten into all the
0: craziness, but yeah, yeah. Let's So right now this is reporting at 86%. Um, we'll see if more comes in. It's kind of crazy to me that, you know, a couple days later we're still taking our time to get to 100% and also why are we reporting partial results? Like, just wait till you get them all done before we start reporting them at this point.
1: You're already behind. Well, I think that the idea, the longer, that, the longer they went without announcing anything, was just fueling those conspiracy theories. Um, yeah. Although, as I, I mentioned to somebody else, like, if they were really rigging it, they don't need to take their time. Right. <laughs> get those results out there mighty quick. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Buttigieg got 78% of the vote. Crazy. Uh, so when we break it down, Buttigieg, 26.7%, 27%. Um, Bernie, 25%. Elizabeth Warren, 18%. Joe Biden, 15%, 16%. Amy Klobuchar with 12%. Um, so, Yeah, and, and something to understand about this. We've
0: talked in the past about... Um, you know, the 15% threshold that you need in the Iowa caucus. And so there's a first round of voting and a second round of voting. Uh, and so, like you'll see, Klobuchar didn't get 15%, obviously. So, you know, then it's like, okay, well, why does she get, you know, why is she even reported? reported? Um, because in some sites, she was getting enough of a threshold that, you know, she was getting those votes either in the first round or in the second round. Um, but really what it comes down to is the delegates. And so... Yeah. And there's two levels of delegates, which they haven't generally reported as much in the past. There's the state delegate equivalents, and then there's the actual, like, national delegates. So at this point, we've got Buttigieg with 11 delegates, Sanders with 11 delegates, because they're within about a percent of each other, and then Warren with five delegates. Biden gets zero. Klobuchar gets zero. Nobody else gets any. Uh, It's just those top three who actually
1: get any delegates. Yeah, which, uh, I mean... If you look at, and I guess there were a couple of things that were interesting to me, sort of between first, first count and second count. So, you know, first count, they looked at people, what percentages people were at. And then, you know, what happens after the reallocation of people when the, you know, the Yang folks, you know, for or everybody who's dropped below 15 percent, you know, their their folks redistribute. Um, Buttigieg had the biggest jump uh, in there. So. You know, I think that that goes to show that he, you know, in all those places, Biden wasn't viable. I think he picked up lots of those lots of those voters. So Bernie had the the biggest, the the most people uh, on the first vote, uh, but it may have dropped to second on the second. And and again, it's it's like the Electoral College. You know, you can you can win the, the popular vote and lose the. The delegate count, or tie as it may be, yeah,
0: yeah, and we don't know at this point. And obviously, we've still got another you know fourteen percent or so to go. So there's always a possibility Sanders ends up in first at this point. But uh, it looks like we're pretty. I mean, I would almost call this a tie just because of how close it is. Um, yeah, there's you know the two clear front runners. Uh, I think the biggest news about all this though is how badly Biden did. Um, I mean, you know, there wrecked. were several places that he was being reported as not being viable. Uh, you know, early on in the in the conversations I was hearing, uh, you know, on on the day of the caucus, so uh, not
1: not a good day for him. No, not at all, not at all. And uh, you know, to come in there to having already set uh, expectations pretty low and saying like, "Look, I don't think we're going to win," but you know, ugh. and then to finish fourth, yeah. Like is... if you got
0: second or third, like okay, fine. But he's clearly like, Buttigieg has clearly sort of taken that, that lane of the more moderate uh, approach. And so yeah. that's not good for him. And also, especially uh, given that Biden gets a lot of his funding from larger donors, those are the sorts that are going to be, they're looking to back a winning horse. So as soon as they get a sense that there's blood in the water, they're going to be gone.
1: Yeah. And if you saw, I don't know if you saw uh, Biden's sort of, you know the weird speeches they all gave at the end of the night. And we're like, we don't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on. Uh, his his speech at the end of the night was off-putting. Um, he, I felt bad for Jill, who was standing up there with him and was looking a little confused or a little concerned because he was looking confused. Several times, it was like he lost his glasses or something. He was kind of wandering around the stage. It's not. Uh, it was not good. And then, of course. Uh, and and here's the thing that that maybe around the whole thing the single thing that bothers me the most his campaign Biden's campaign then subtly and not so subtly questioned the, vali- the validity of the results right like knowing, I mean, they know that they weren't, they hadn't done well. You know, you've got people out there, you've got precinct captains, they're reporting numbers in, so they know things were not going their way. Then to just immediately go to that sort of Trump-like tactic. Well, there's probably a, a you know, maybe something wrong here. Maybe something, uh, maybe you shouldn't trust these results. Like, we don't need that. No, no. Do not, I, yeah. I- do not need that. Yeah, no, that's exactly what we don't want. And so,
0: yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. I know um, looking at 538's predictions, uh, they were saying that uh, Sanders' chances are now 2-5 and five of winning, uh, which is puts him in first place uh, as far as their measures are concerned. Uh, so that's a big shift for him after Iowa. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. It looks like he's likely to win New Hampshire. Uh, and then from there we go to Nevada, where he also has strength. Uh, South Carolina. It, it's going to be interesting to see how does Buttigieg do? Uh, does he get a boost in the polling? Um, you know, uh, there are places where he has obvious weakness like South Carolina. So, you know, he knows. Uh, you know, before I want to move on too far from that, there was a couple weird little stories that gives you a sense of how sort of odd the caucuses are, even when acronym and shadow aren't screwing up the vote. <laughs> now. Was fraud guarantee involved? Right. Uh, no, this one it was uh, so. Cory Booker ended up getting a a delegate, a state delegate, so not a national delegate. Uh, after a group of Yang, Klobuchar, and Biden supporters all decided that they were going to combine a protest vote. So instead of going to one of the other viable candidates, they pooled all of their percentage together to get enough to get to that fifteen percent. So that they were going to vote for Booker. Like, okay. Uh, And one other one, which I think is the most bizarre I've heard, uh, there was a Sanders supporter. So Sanders was in this one precinct and did not get the viability threshold. So his people were gonna go elsewhere. But nobody in the caucus site really understood how the system was supposed to work, except for this one guy who was a Biden's, or excuse me, a Sanders supporter. And so by the end of all of it, this Sanders supporter was chosen as one of the state delegates, which effectively means Sanders gets a state delegate equivalent from that guy even though Sanders wasn't viable. Because yeah. <laughs> the guy can vote for whoever the hell he wants once he gets to the, to the, the caucus right. or to the uh, convention. So,
1: That's, yeah. You it, know, that just seems very cool. friendly. Like, thanks for helping us out. Thank you, sir, yeah. for helping us figure out our own crazy-ass system. Right. Here's a state delegate token and a free app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, caucuses are weird. They are. They are. So do you think it helps... Bloomberg, because that's, you know, that's, you know, some things people have been saying and Bloomberg was kind of immediately out and he's like, look at these idiots. Nobody's going to win. We don't have the right person. That's why, you know, that's why it was so tight and things are so messed up. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm well, gonna, you know, I'm and I right saw person. the this,
0: Yeah, I saw the conversations out there about, you know, OK, well, the turnout was, uh about the same as 2016 and therefore it is low turnout and therefore the democrats are doomed and i'm like no 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 fundamentally the dynamic that we have in this election is everybody wants to get rid of trump they don't have strong opinions on the candidates themselves and i think that you know if you look at all the candidates i can tell you exactly why every single one of them is doomed to lose and is guaranteed to win So, uh, you know, so if you're, you know, a resident of Iowa, I can see you totally being like, you know what, just like phone me when this when this part's over, I'm going to come out and vote out Trump.
1: I mean, I think that's it. Right. I mean, because you maybe everybody wanted to uh, they didn't want to caucus for the Democrats because, you know, they either didn't feel like it was worth their time right now or they were over voting for Bill Weld. Uh, Caucusing for Bill Weld, who got 1.3% of the Republican caucus vote. So there you go. Well, yeah, and and apparently
0: there was some, like, there was was actually more signs of, like, some kind of shenanigans in the vote counting for the Republican side. Like, trying to give Trump as much of a uh, margin of victory as possible. But, uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's like I think a lot of it is just people are like you know what going to a caucus is kind of a pain. <laughs> I don't want really feel stand around a gym for a couple hours, so you know, call it good. <laughs> I'm not going I'll I'll show up at the uh, general hopefully.
1: Just but just to give you an idea, and again, I'm sure they're not calculated the same way. Uh, yeah, total votes. I was gonna say there's there's some kind of fun thing about bill weld getting a few more votes than some of the democrats but let's let's put that aside there and and move on past past iowa yes. out of iowa yes and yes. on to the debate uh,
0: yeah so we got another debate Ooh, okay i know like i am actually very tired of debates at this point <laughs> uh especially because you know you look at the lineup and it compared to kind of where we're at in all of this it doesn't make any damn sense so yeah uh, bloomberg is not yet in uh apparently the rules changes uh will affect the, the february 19th debate uh so it's possible that bloomberg could be in that one uh and then but in this debate on friday it'll be sanderson and Buttigieg and warren who all were in the top three in iowa then you got biden who was fourth but got no delegates. Klobuchar, who is fifth and got no delegates, and then Steyer and Yang, who weren't even close. So why are Steyer and Yang even in that? I mean, I guess Steyer does have some strength in South Carolina, but overall, you know, do they make sense of debate at this point? Probably not. Um, You know, the next debate on the 19th, you know, at this point, the only qualifiers are Sanders, Warren, and Biden, which... Now, now that doesn't make sense because Buttigieg should probably be in there instead of Biden. It's like, I it may be the time where they just need to just say, okay, we're going to decide and be authoritarian about this. But you know, it's 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 getting messy.
1: It is, and you know, because, I you know, the people who there was a lot of complaint about, you know, them changing the rules for Bloomberg and look, I, I, I don't want anybody to buy their way in, Um, but Bloomberg is polling. You know, nationally, of course, somebody could say that it's just because he's got unlimited funds and so he can run ads and then you find enough places where he's run the ads to build his, you know, you know, to build that, uh, you know, the the polling up. Um, but I, I feel like they do probably just need to say we were egalitarian about this. You know, we had we had rules that shouldn't have really benefited anybody, although we could have cherry picked polls. But, you know, we had a lot of people. It's time to get to. The real issues um it's time to get to substantive debate um but then i go back and forth and say like yang can't win but having yang on stage changes the dynamic and it it helps talk about issues in ways that that otherwise i think we would not and so
0: well yeah (laughs) but i i think it like we're at the point where we're past that. I feel like, like, okay. Talking about the issues in a different way. Like we're down to like, who are we going to pick? And, you know, so having it, the ones who are actually viable makes more sense to me because I'd rather get into depth with three or four candidates rather than spreading things out across, you know, seven or eight candidates.
1: Yep. No, I think, I think that's fair. I think that's fair, so we'll yeah. see. If, I, I mean, I, I think they're you know they're up for changing the rules, and I think that they will. Um, and we'll we'll know for sure uh, after this next debate. I think they'll announce the the rules any rules changes for the nineteenth and after, you know, maybe the day after, maybe Wednesday after the uh, after New Hampshire. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> So,
0: that's uh, that's the circus for you. Uh, you know, do things a little different order this week because that was the big news. Now we're on to today's news:
1: impeachment.
0: Arrest the president! Arrest the president! Arrest the president! You got the evidence! Arrest the president!
1: Arrest the president! Impeachment. It's over. Yeah, that's that's it. it's, it's all over. done. It ended you the know, way that to we say, thought though, it was going to end. You know.
0: It you know I, i'm not
1: sure Maybe not because
0: we got one republican to vote to convict trump on one charge which honestly i feel like is a big victory
1: i mean it is i mean i i think we always said and thought although i don't know you know if somebody had asked me to put odds on it what i would have been what i would have done um that there was a chance that you know a Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, you know Corey Gardner, somebody vulnerable might you know flop you know flip votes. Uh, in the end, none of them did. Mitt Romney and I and you know what he he said he you know he kind of came out and he said like you know I take an oath before God and I take that very seriously. Um, it was a it was a you know it, it felt sincere uh, his his sort of explanation uh, for why he was voting that way um it also is something that you know you'd like to put up next to uh, other so-called christians you know people who wrap themselves in uh, in christian faith uh you know how do they respond when somebody says i you know i would not feel good about my commitment to honesty and god uh voting any other way on this yeah it's a
0: yeah. And so it's, I think as far as it goes, like what I was worried would happen is that some Democrats would say, no, we didn't really make the burden here. We're going to go ahead and allow them to pass. Um, and that the Republicans ended up holding the line. And, and so I think we've, you know, as long as having a Republican vote against him, that sort of takes away the narrative that, oh, this was all completely partisan. No, it wasn't. Um, you know, I, and, I mean, and I think mostly. it's pretty obvious, but <laughs> You know, yeah. if you're really paying attention, but I think it's nice to have, a, you know, a clear uh, narrative on that. I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see uh, Trump light Romney on fire for the
1: next, you know, couple years. Uh, well, he's already posted, you know, retweeted videos and things like that about, you know, Romney being a secret Democrat. Because um, that's oh, yeah. everybody. Right. I mean, that's what authoritarianism right. is. But if you are at all out of line, then you are the enemy. Um, yeah like John Bolton right that that flaming liberal John Bolton Seriously. right exactly so I, I, you know we got to the end of it. Most of the votes happened exactly the way we thought um, I've I got to say i'm I'm glad it's over at this point. yeah I'm glad it's over uh, the the news cycle about so i think the the news about what he's done and what's come out that will stick longer that's a narrative that can stay yeah his that, that's acquittal in the senate goes away all of that. yeah yep, yeah the it's he's not going to be putting up ads that say you know that say i was acquitted by the senate in an impeachment trial like the, there's there's no way there's no way for that yeah, that's not to a, carry on <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah exactly that's not good for him uh you know
0: it's an easy attack for democrats to make you know they can go out there and point out that you know Mitt romney was on board with it you know which you know i either good or bad for Mitt romney's brand depending on how you look at it but
1: <laughs> yeah well he's not up for re-election and he's the most popular politician in utah so i think well you
0: know it's it's interesting is I feel like he might be planning for trying to run for president again in 2024, uh, you know, trying to look like, you know, he's the, the voice of sanity, uh, you know, hoping that, you know, he'll be running against a more liberal Democrat, something like that. I, I think it would be a bad bet on his part, because I don't think the Republican Party is quite ready to come off the
1: crazy train yet. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, yeah so where do we go from here now that the now that the impeachment's over well you know
0: uh iowa senator joni Ernst suggests a new direction we could go with this is uh start speaking up crazy impeachment train of right <laughs> plan the future impeachment of president joe biden uh she came out and said that he should he should be impeached or something to that effect and it was like really <laughs> like we're, he's not even like won a nomination yet and after iowa of course she said this before iowa happened uh but uh at, you know after iowa it's even more ridiculous to even be talking in that direction uh so yeah and maybe that's I, why he uh, lost you know, yeah that's exactly iowa. it like
1: oh she's gonna impeach him so we better not vote for that guy yeah <laughs> it's insanity but yeah, yeah. And then afterwards she's like my statement was taken out of context uh-huh <laughs> I don't, I don't, what was the context? I, like, whenever right. somebody it's, says that, I, I, I want to know what the, just tell me what the context was, because I'm, I am perplexed.
0: Yeah. Like, we're going to play this entire three minute clip where you say that in the middle of it, and and it'll still sound exactly the same, and you'll be like, no, 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 that that's totally not what I meant.
1: Like, okay, sure. What you didn't see is I was holding a sign right then that said, just kidding. Right. So in the news cycle, and I think, you know, what i felt I thought was very interesting about the way that they the republicans handled uh handled the timing of the impeachment the the final vote was clearly this was about trying to maximize news cycle you know from last friday you know the vote to say they're not going to have witnesses through to the end of the state of the union you know with you know, closing arguments that they expect nobody to watch um, the Super Bowl, Iowa, and, you know, the final vote in the Senate and the State of the Union and trying to control that 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 media cycle as much as humanly possible, right. um, which leads us into the State of the Union. So I think they were hoping for that sort of State of the Union, you know, blah, it's awesome. And then the one 2 punch of the acquittal. And, you know, being able to carry this huge momentum out, um, though, I think the Iowa stuff has has overshadowed that uh, to yeah. some extent. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah. So moving on to the State of the Union, uh, I, I, I have a confession to make here. Is, um, so uh, that evening when the State of the Union was on, I was uh, down with a—and so I was not going to make
1: myself more— this by watching the State of the Union. Uh, I don't know if you you watched it, DJ. I, I I started it. I watched the beginning a little bit. I I, I struggled. I couldn't couldn't do it, man. Yeah, it's really it's, it's a tough thing to admit to. It, but it,
0: it's it's become very hard to watch it, and I you know almost deliberately so I feel like by Trump. But uh, you know it was very partisan. You get the sense that he's like okay, I'm, I'm on the verge of acquittal. Uh, I don't give a damn anymore about, you know, trying to be nice to anybody. And so it was like, just craziness. But uh, like, you know, it started off with, you know, Pelosi went to uh, shake Trump's hand as he came in. Uh, he rejected that. So you can see this is all going to start off on a, on a really nice tone. Uh, by the end of it, Pelosi ended up ripping up her copy of Trump's speech, <laughs> which is like, you know, and I'm like, you know that might be the last speech that he ever delivers. Uh, last day of the union, that'd be kind of nice. She just ripped up the last one of it, so we'll
1: see. I mean, that is I, I, like seeing her stand up afterwards and just tear tear that speech up. Like such a such a power move, such a power move. And I, you know, I have no problem with it personally, and I I, I really feel bad for you know. Her having to sit back behind him during that whole speech, knowing he's smirking like an idiot and just (laughs) just lying his ass off. Yeah, like we were just watching it on TV
0: or I was not at all watching it. Like, I can't imagine being forced to sit there and have to look moderately polite for for that long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only person whose job is worse during the speech is like the fact checker at Washington post. <laughs> right. I mean, that guy's like real-time fact checking. You got to be kidding me. I don't know yeah. who's got that kind of bandwidth. Who has got that kind of bandwidth? Cause, cause he started off and you know, I've, I've read through everything now. And, and one of the reason, one of the reasons why I, I, I couldn't deal with it is because it just started off with lying. Like just, mm-hmm. phew, just immediate, you know, oh, uh, the economy is the best it's ever been. Not true. Uh, tax cuts didn't help anybody. They hurt everything. Like job creation yeah. stuff, all lies. Unemployment rate, kind of a lie. You know, uh, uh, people off food stamps. Like we've cut food stamps, and now right. we're going to claim victory for that. I- yeah. I mean, yeah. You could also
0: like you know get get everybody off of Medicaid by by blowing that up. But we'll get to that in a sec. <laughs> yeah it's 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 crazy uh i think the highlight of the evening was the big uh, surprise awarding of the presidential medal of freedom to rush f***ing limbaugh <laughs> uh and if you hadn't heard uh, Rush limbaugh has been diagnosed with advanced lung cancer uh i i made sure to go back and look at several covers of cigar aficionado and wonder myself well how did that happen huh strange uh yeah so uh that happened i, I, I yeah. honestly at this point i'm like do we need the presidential medal of freedom anymore because i feel like it's only given away to terrible people by terrible presidents
1: i i, I don't know i i mean I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get be down on the Presidential Medal of Freedom. It seems like a small thing for me to want to care about right now. Well, um, there's that. So, but yes, let's, it was. Let's let's was work disgusting. on single
0: payer health care, and then we'll yeah. worry about that Medal of Freedom
1: bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was. It was interesting when you know Donald Trump was like bringing up, you know, oh well, we we will. Uh, We will protect, as I always have, people with pre-existing conditions. Like, wait, what? And what we really want to do is get drug prices down. And if only Congress would do something about that. Of course, Congress, the the House passed a a law, HR3, that's just been sitting in the graveyard. Yes, and they ended up chanting about that. And the Democrats started chanting it. That was great. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I love that he's like talking about all these things that government should do around healthcare and then says, "We will never let socialism take over healthcare." Like, dude, like it already runs like 40% of it, so <laughs> just 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 turn into that.
1: <laughs> Make everything better. But at least that's over too. Um did you listen to Gretchen Whitmer's response at all? No, uh, no I did not. It was pretty good. It was a little boring. It was a little boring, but well yeah they they always always are are. but gretchen whitmer's uh um she's fantastic she she's very smart i think it was delivered in a a good measured way um it's it's worth a watch uh or at least watch watch highlights of it um uh, yeah so good good
0: so yeah so yeah say the union's done impeachment's done caucus is done. I don't know. Like, I think we're done. Like, we're government's done. No, we don't need to do anything government's else. Government's done. They're
1: trying to make it done. It's fine. By changing Medicaid. Well, yes. Right? Good old block grants coming back. So Medicaid, uh, yeah. So we're uh, moving towards uh,
0: doing block grants. Uh, apparently, the Trump administration is trying to do that. It's something that comes up uh, somewhat regularly with government programs, uh, where they try to, rather than having everything being run by the government, having the you know adjust as the need happens uh they, here's a chunk of money and we're just gonna let that be out there and so states can then take that money spend it however they want um you know it gives them some free pose but mostly it's uh it, it gives it a good way to sort of backdoor starting uh, that funding uh and i'm curious to see what's going to happen with the states that did not sign on to the Medicaid expansion because now theoretically they could just sign on to it, get this chunk of money and spend it on pretty much whatever, but I don't even know if there's any, like does it have healthcare or, you know, they may be able to like shift costs from other places. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, it's always been in my mind, it's always been this thing where they want to do it so that they can essentially defund the programs they don't like and you know, squirrel money away into causes that we all will hate. That's of course how I view right. the block grant in general.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd be curious though, you know, if they change this, it'd be kinda of cool if at some point then, you know, the Republican states buy into it and then the next president says, Well, we're gonna get rid of the block block grants thing and then they're like, Oh, <laughs>
1: and now we have the medicaid expansion damn it uh, give it we unexpand yeah. <laughs> right uh, let's move away from our our fun country and talk about something even less fun than yes. block grants the wuhan Yes,
0: uh, something I was thinking a lot about today as I was uh, flying uh, through airports. Uh, you know, I kind of figure that's that's the last place I want to be when there's a, some sort of a pandemic going on. Uh, but like we said earlier, a rundown that there's only infections so far uh, in the U.S., so relatively under control here. Uh, it's China where things are getting crazy. Uh, so the latest, we have about twenty-five thousand cases. With 500 deaths and about a 2% death rate. Uh, but it is projected to become a pandemic at this point. It's spreading fast enough into enough places that uh, that seems likely. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, if it's in more than more than two countries, is it more than one? or? I, I, I think it's as long as it's in multiple countries and it's an epidemic,
1: it's a pandemic. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know the rules around this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I do know that uh, what Japan's quarantined an entire cruise ship, hashtag places I don't wanna be. Um, <laughs> right, and the other really well. At least you're not getting Legionnaires' disease, so hey, you know. It could be worse. Um, the other, so here's the other thing I, I saw. Um, a couple different places. So one of the uh, state news media uh, in China had published some numbers around this on February first. And those numbers mysteriously changed, like, two hours later. But the first set of numbers were considerably higher. Like, 154,000 people infected and 25,000 people dead. Which, like, whoa. That would be very, 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 very bad. Yes. (laughs) Very bad. Um, And you're just like, you know. Honestly, if it were a U.S. organization that made the mistake, they'd be like, we made a mistake. Sorry about that. Nothing. But like, it's China. There was no acknowledgement that it was even changed. You know, that it was up there at all. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm terrified. No, I'm not really terrified. But it's a little, you know, it's a little like, huh, we should be paying attention to that. Also, I guess China built a new hospital in ten days to take care of people. yeah, ten days. yeah how do you, which is kind of crazy? How do you think the people like doing road work on the Edens are like,
0: <laughs> well like here's the thing like what what is the quality of the construction of that building that's built in 10 days uh, yeah and, and, and you know and it's just like this is a per- i mean i'm guessing this is probably not a permanent facility this is like here's a piece of open land we just need to like have enough rooms to treat people uh, but you know a lot of it feels like it's just a kind of show of force like is that actually helping you know get more uh, medical equipment and you know there's a lot of like, you know, more rubber gloves and things like that you need for the to handle this product.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, it doesn't look it doesn't look like a tent kind of hospital. It looks like it's a real, you know, real hospital. And I've I have, you know, I've been to China and you know there were a couple things that struck me when we were there. We were driving to the airport, uh, driving from the airport in downtown Beijing, and there was a construct. They were building a ramp. Or a a bridge across the freeway um, and it was a eight lane freeway on Thursday night it was you know on the far right side not even kind of rising up and on Monday it was connected to the road on the other side and and like the hotels we were in were all like you know they looked really nice but you could see that things weren't just quite finished it was it was really interesting to me um yeah. Yeah. So, so. yeah. There's that. There's that. Now Brexit. I. I, I this has been really painful, uh, having lived in England to see this happen and and hear from friends. And of course, you know, most of my friends are from London, more cosmopolitan, a little more, you know, uh, certainly far more against Brexit than anybody else. Uh, Boris Johnson not super popular in London anymore. Um yeah, I wouldn't think so. Uh, but but like it's it, it was actually, you know, I chuckled a little, but it was really sad to see the video of the Union Jack being taken down from EU headquarters, you know, and just like we're just grabbing this flag. It's gone now, man. We're taking it right out right right out. And then they put the we love Scotland up. did you see that in the building? It's <laughs> just like, oh, no. it's like, hey Scotland, awesome. Hey man. How you doing? <laughs> don't you guys yep. just break away? Why don't you, Scott, sit? I don't, you know, we we could use some whiskey. So, uh,
0: yeah, that's really, they just want the whiskey discount. That's what's going on
1: there. Yeah, and I think nobody really knows what's going to happen, right? Like, there are no no rules. Nobody's got the, you know, nobody's got the, the blueprint. They've got to figure it all out from now until the end of the year right yeah it's it's kind of funny because
0: like we've been talking about this is like okay there's you know this we keep coming these deadlines and these deadlines and finally it seems like officially they have brexited like it it has happened as of you know the end of january like oh okay but then like most of the details of like what are the policy rules and everything that are gonna be in place still have to be negotiated over the next year so in theory everything officially transfers over at the end of
1: the year but I, I'm not sure that's really going to happen. <laughs> I, I, why would it? Every every deadline has been missed. You know? Yeah. Every one. And I hope they keep missing them. <laughs> I don't know why I hope they keep missing them.
0: Right. It'll be like, well, technically they're not in the EU anymore, but, you know, we can't figure out how to actually get rid of them. So they're kind of sticking around.
1: Yeah. I am curious what's going to happen the next time I go to Europe. Um, you know, if I transit through... You know, if I'm transiting through Heathrow, or you know, I, I'm just I'm curious to see what the the immigration situation is going to be like. Uh, so, yeah. you know, right now, if I'm you know, if, if I'm flying to if I'm flying to London from here, I have to go through immigration when I get there. But if I were flying from Paris, I wouldn't, presumably, you know, like. There are flights that wouldn't have to go through because you've already cleared someplace. So, you know, is that going to mean that there's a lot right. more? I I don't know.
0: Well, maybe they'll just have like some kind of pre-clearance thing or whatever. Like how you know you can clear U.S. customs in Canada or whatever. Yeah. Like I'm sure they'll. I, I I suspect like flying through Heathrow will be made as smooth as humanly possible because they don't want that to be to cease to be a transit point uh, between other places and Europe.
1: Yeah, it is like the most expensive place to land in the world so it's fair yeah so you're in oregon yes yes i am do you have an oregon beer with you i i do not
0: (laughs) as as i mentioned i am in the midst of recovering from a stomach bug so i uh am not doing the beer thing right now so uh hopefully you're compensating for my failure
1: i am i am really trying i am really really trying uh right now actually um and i'll tell you because we're remote i'm actually recording from home today which is a weird thing um so i yeah so all of the background noise you're hearing today
0: is completely synthetic everybody so just just keep that in mind
1: (laughs) yeah if you actually heard my background noise it would be dogs barking and my Hero Academia, or whatever my kids are watching, but yeah, mine would be the hotel room AC unit <laughs> turning on and off every so often. I thought we've already talked about coronavirus, uh, so or Legionnaires. Yes. So uh, my my wife was was very very kind, and on her way home from work, uh, she stopped and bought a bunch of beer. So I had no idea what was going to come down, and during the segment, she delivered to me a Venkman by Aleman Aleman Brewery. I believe I've had that before. It is. It is really interesting. It's a double pale ale uh, with tangerine. It's, it's really good. I I'm really, I'm really liking it. And these guys are, uh, they're here in Chicago. Uh, I, it's a brewery. We haven't been to, we've been to 24 breweries. We haven't been to, to Aleman yet. Um, yeah, I don't know that they have a tap room, so well, that's their that's problem.
0: Why we just that one so far?
1: So right. when you're listening, Nailman, come on. Uh, prior to this, I had a I had a Old Irving Brewery Beezer, uh, which is which is quite nice. I still like them, like them very much. And that was their was that their award winning beer. It is, it is. It's an India, yes. It's an IPA. Um, just a really clean. Nice beer. You can pick up a four pack, like in the fridge at the, you know, by the door at Old Irving there on Montrose. Uh, you should pay for it though. Um, yeah, but but <laughs> generally, yes. generally, generally speaking, you should pay for it. Uh, but it's it's really really nice. Um, I, I, you know, we. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been really looking at the breweries we've been to and kind of spreading them out like, oh, man, look at all the places we've been to. I've been talking to other folks, trying to get some other recommendations, um, always looking for recommendations for breweries to go to. Um, I I can say that I'm constantly impressed by how good and how different the beers are at breweries we go to and even ones that that we know. So of course, I've said I, I live pretty close to, to Twisted Hippo, been there a bunch like those guys will pull out new beers, and you're like, this is fantastic. Like, just, just on their craft. Um, I think yep. that's why the beer scene is so good here in Chicago. People working together, working yeah. hard at making some good, good original stuff all the time
0: absolutely yeah so uh yeah so i'm gonna be uh here in oregon a little time in seattle before i head back so hopefully get to try some of the beers out here and uh uh i'll bring back some reports uh i know they tend to be a fan of the west coast uh ipas out here i will not be having those but we'll we'll see what i come up
1: with. go to the bend uh brewing company uh that's that's supposed to be very good okay i don't know if that's Bench shovel anyway some good stuff out there, All certainly. Right. You could head up when you're in Seattle. Um, you could head to Elysian, get yourself a Stardust. Fantastic beer. So, yeah. S- as, space as, dust. as
0: you demonstrated on our space uh, dust. on our debate recording. I, I did, yeah, Space <laughs> Dust.
1: But only have four of them. Any more than that's a problem. <laughs>
0: So, yeah. So uh, that's our beer uh, or my lack of beer. Uh, So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, what's going on uh, more locally, at least locally to you at this particular moment.
1: Uh, Sure. I thought you were going to maybe talk about the uh, some of the, the races going on for municipal elections in Portland, which are fascinating, actually oh yeah yeah exactly i'm sure there's some real, real good stuff here you know maybe our west coast contingent wants to hear it now uh chicago uh, so a couple things you know tying in you know national and and very local uh your alderman matt Malt- martin and our mayor were both guests of uh congress people at the state of the union address uh so they were both out there um in the visitors gallery what what I want to know is what they did to pun, uh, to piss off those Congress people that they made them <laughs> they, go sit through the State of the Union. <laughs> they had to go out there and sit through that. And I guess Lori said, you know, she was waiting to get up and walk out, honestly, because he, you know, Donald Trump was saying some pretty racist things. And, you know, she she was getting like pretty does. mad. And, you know, it's like I guess she said, if he had mentioned Chicago specifically, I would have gotten up and walked out. You know, solidarity there. But, you know, like. I can respect that. Uh, and, you know, we heard some similar, you know, sort of disgust from Matt Martin, uh, who um, is very keenly aware of, of those kinds of – that kind of rhetoric and, and those kinds of issues. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I, Yeah, I guess I – I don't know you could have paid me enough. Could you imagine – Shirley, could you imagine going to the State of the Union, being invited, and you're sitting there and all of a sudden – Rush Limbaugh comes in, sits <laughs> down in front of you,
0: <laughs> and be like, uh, "I'm I'm gonna go now. Like this, there is nothing
1: that good that will come of this." Oh, yeah.
0: oh he's sitting right next to Melania. Oh, oh boy!
1: Sweet Jesus. <laughs> oh god, is there glass in front of this? <laughs> How far is it down there? <laughs> oh, I'll land on Roy <laughs> Blunt. That's not gonna be good. <laughs> Oh, oh, my word. Uh, also in Chicago. So, you know, we are we are not far away from um, the the primaries in Chicago, which for most Chicago offices are the actual election. Um, so, you know, we've talked about it a lot. March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, Election Day. Oh, my word. Uh, I, you know, the race that I keep Looking at uh, and, and seeing a lot about is the Kim Fox race. Uh, uh, you know, people are attacking her. Lots of money is going into that. She's just got a hundred and fifty thousand dollars from SEIU. Uh, one of her main challengers, um, Conway, uh, is getting a lot of money, mostly from his dad,
0: <laughs> which is, you know, nice. Nice to have a rich dad. Yeah,
1: like just dumping millions of dollars in. So we're I'm seeing ads in different places uh, about mostly about Jesse Smollett, which is really, really interesting. Like the whole thing. That's like the one
0: thing everybody's pissed off about. It's like, okay, she's otherwise done a good job. I think that you can make a case, you know, different ways about that. But it's like the only thing they really have thrown against her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's one of the things that's really interesting is that her, one of her big arguments is that um, Conway hasn't practiced law in a long time, which what you you wouldn't remember. I didn't really remember until I started kind of going through things like that was the big argument against Kim Fox last time. She hadn't practiced law in a long time. <laughs> I just love it. Well, just, you, you know, history repeats <laughs> itself. Um, yes. Uh, and I think. Uh, over the next couple weeks, I'm going to pick a couple of these races and really dig into them. I think you know there's some really interesting stuff happening um, in the Supreme Court. Uh, the county clerk's race is is a really interesting thing. Um, water reclamation, everybody loves water reclamation. Uh, so some you know some things out there <laughs> if they know what the hell it is. Yes. it's an important <laughs> body. They've got a big budget, man. They've got a big budget. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, outside of that, um, there were a couple things that I wanted to talk about, you know, Chicago wise. Um, one is that the mayor announced this week that that she is taking applications for these advisory councils. So she's putting together a number of advisory councils. Anybody in the city can be on them. Um, but the idea is trying to get feedback from, you know, everyday people. Um, boy, that sounded a little snarky. I didn't mean it as snarky as it sounded. Uh Everyday people across the city uh, to get involved. Um, So you can go out to the the mayor's website and find out about them. Um, uh, They are uh, they're really I think uh, they're about issues around minorities and women. And, you know, people have just come to the city so you can see the individual councils. Um, I I think it's a great way for people to get involved or at least try to get involved. You know, it's obviously going to be pretty small numbers, but uh, I thought I thought worthwhile bringing up. Um, the less interesting, fun stuff, I guess, is, is on CPS side. So uh, this week, the inspector general of CPS, Nicholas Shuler, uh resigned, fired, fired, resigned, uh, uh, really forced out. Uh, there were lots of complaints about it being a hostile workplace. Uh, so this is a kind of a quasi-public job. Uh, he was appointed by uh, Rahm Emanuel um, and really was – you know, he'd done a lot of things. I, I didn't really have an opinion on him other than the fact that uh, he was primarily responsible, I think, for Barbara Bird Bennett going to jail, which I was okay with. Um, I don't know if you read much about this. I, I, I usually am more in tune with the CPS stuff because kids.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That will hopefully be in my future, but it's not currently as much on my radar. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So that's going to be a place that, you know, a, a spot that Laurie is going to fill um, and, and probably pretty soon. I mean, CPS has some issues, as was evident also this week with Lincoln Park High School, the basketball team. There were some very credible, evidently, accusations of sexual misconduct by the basketball team that the coach and another administrator were aware of. And CPS kind of swooped in. They fired the principal. They fired the coach. They canceled the season. Um, just shut it all down, uh, which prompted some protests and you know from students. The students walked out and whatnot. But like it, it felt like it came out of nowhere uh, for a lot of people. Um, but you know, these are the kinds of things that uh, CPS is is still dealing with. Big school. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So that's uh, CPS. Uh, that kind of wraps up our Chicago stuff. Uh, but we do have a little bit of uh, Illinois news. And, you know, we love a good uh, raid. Uh, so. yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, sir, I can I, 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 I it's I suppose there's a fine line between uh issuing a search warrant and a a full-on raid but uh yeah the uh, Illinois State Police uh, showed up at Mike Madigan's uh, office door and uh had a search warrant uh related to a sexual harassment claim that goes back to 2018.
1: Yeah so there is a a a guy who used to be a representative Jack Franks uh he is now uh, a, a commissioner in McHenry County um, also worked in Madigan's office for a while, uh, who had been accused, again, credibly and, and was looked into by a grand jury of, of sexual assault and battery. Uh, this information was brought up to Madigan's office in 2018, um, and they found it credible enough in 2019 to essentially ban him from the Capitol – End of the offices without a police escort so he was not allowed in yeah without having somebody following him around but of course it, it it never came up they never they didn't broadcast this at all they didn't talk about it um so i think the the search warrant's really about you know sort of what did people know about were they trying to hide something just you know is is this kind of a mad again i just wanted i wanted it to kept quiet and hoped it would resolve itself. Um, I, I don't know. I think he could be in for some trouble. I don't know about legal trouble or political trouble, but I don't see how this looks good for him in any way. Yeah, it doesn't. It definitely isn't. Yeah, it's not a good thing for him. Um, you know, and he's,
0: he's very consistently won his district but like outside of his district there's a lot of people who have problems with them both you know obviously the you know republican side of illinois can't stand him but you know the progressive side of uh the democratic party also can't stand him. so
1: yeah <sighs> yeah so we'll see what happens we will see what happens and we'll cover it I mean, I'm gonna stay on that. I'm I'm really interested in it. I've got some friends in Springfield. Yeah. You've got friends in Springfield. Not those kind of friends. You see, I think if you're in Illinois and you say, I've got friends in Springfield, they kind of think you've got somebody in the in the oh, yeah. speaker's the, the, office that will cover like up sexual assault for you.
0: Yeah, it sounds very mafia connected kind
1: of vibe. I don't have any of those. Like mafia you're about to
0: go spend sixty thousand on an app from somebody. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So, yeah. Fraud guaranteed fraud guaranteed right. all right yeah so uh yeah i
0: guess that kind of wraps us up uh, a little bit it ended up actually being for all the news that's going on i feel like it's a little bit shorter episode than we've been doing lately uh it's a little little awkward doing the online thing we want to make sure to get something out there with all the big news going on but uh you know hopefully next time we'll be back in person with beers in hand and can do this properly
1: yeah and and maybe to to sign off on a bit of sad news if you've got a beer uh, go ahead and toast uh, Go ahead and toast Kirk Douglas, who passed away today at 103 years old I am Spartacus I Like, Wait, Kirk Douglas is still alive? Jesus <laughs> uh, I don't think he played Jesus. He played a lot of guys uh, but not Jesus. Oh, uh, There you go um, Right. There good, it is. good clarification Thank you. I <laughs> do what I can Alright everybody, look forward to that debate, the fallout from the impeachment acquittal fallout from that i'm sure there will be and new hampshire coming up all right take care everybody i am spartacus